want to get on the action, we want to hear from you. Hit us up, faderoutemail at gmail.com. Slide in our DMs on IG at faderoutepodcast. Drop us a DM on Twitter at faderoutednz. Comment on our YouTube channel, The Fade Route with DNZ. Questions, comments, picks, segment suggestions, you name it, we want to hear from you. Get at us in crowd. It's the in route where friends of the show get a special segment with us. Want to be part of the action? Want to be the newest member of the in crowd? You know what to do. Hit us up, faderoutemail at gmail.com or slide in those DMs on Fade Route Podcast on IG or hit that Twitter, Fade Route DNZ. Joining us on the in route today, we have the Tubby Hooks, Danny Butler. Thanks for joining us today, Danny. Thank you so much, guys. Thanks for having me back. I appreciate What's it. What's up, Danny? Well, listen, you requested this time to <laughs> vent on the Yankees' last pace campaign. The floor is yours, my friend. Well, it's not the floor. We're below the floor. We're in the basement, <laughs> which hasn't happened since, like, the Stump Merrill years when we were kids. I, I, you know, it's, it's, we're 500 this late in the season for the first time since 1995. He got hot won like 18 out of the last 21 and wanted to make it in the playoffs but that that was a different team this ain't happening I, I mean I can't remember a more disappointing year they're just they're lifeless they're lethargic they're they're hard to watch they're, they're anemic especially without Judge the, the offense is anemic the the pitching is a disaster I mean you guys like Severino they keep on trotting him out there oh he's a starter he, you know we'll, we'll have an opener it's just and it's it's like they don't care it's like we know Hal doesn't care he's making his money Cashman just wants to stick to his guns to prove he's right. Right about what? I don't know what. And Boone is like a Pollyanna. Everything's okay, you know. They, oh, they we, we're fighting. We're fighting, right? That's what he. That's what he yeah. loves to say at the press yeah. conference. Savvy had some stuff last night. He had, he had... <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, he threw a couple. He threw a couple strikes. Some of them didn't end up, you know, in the outfield bleachers. He, he too. That's a good thing, right? Uh, it's like someone told him the other day that. I think we lead the league in double plays. He says, well, you have to get on base to, 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 you know, to get to double plays. It's like, like, I, I don't even, I've never been a Boone fan, but at this point, I don't even blame him anymore because, like, what's he going to do? I I mean, he makes some bad moves in the in the bullpen, but, you know, when he rests guys after they're hot for a couple of days, that, that's not coming from him. That's no. coming from Cashman and, yeah. and all the analytic nerds up in the front office. Like, it's just, and Boone shows some fight. In terms of the umpires, the umpires hate him. They call him Karen Boone because he doesn't stop arguing. <laughs> and, and like the other day with Lance Diaz and, and a couple before when he got ejected, yeah, the umpires were bad. The, the calls he got thrown out on were the right calls, actually. It was one of the few the umpires got right, and he, you know, he, he just makes an ass out of himself. You know, I, I, I just was stunned that Hal came out and said that you know Cashman is safe, but I, he's unsure about Boone. I don't know how. Cashman could be safe after they're going to finish in last place. At least that's what it looks like right now. Yeah, I mean, I can't believe it either. And, and even if you're, even if you're Hal and you know that you don't want to make a move, why come out and say it? Yeah, at least, I don't. At least you know, maybe it lights a fire in the Cashman to to try to change things up. Cashman went when he first first his first couple of the Yankees and we were winning championships, and everything. But when George was still alive and very much in the picture, George had two camps. He had it was Cashman and his guys, and then George had his Tampa cronies that he listened to and probably too much sometimes 
So Cashman didn't have the power he probably should have. But now since George is gone, he has power unchecked. He's like Napoleon. Like no one, he just does whatever he wants, and nobody, you know, makes the same mistakes over and over again, and nobody calls him on it because, like, you, like, because Hal says he's safe. So there's no reason for to change things. Like you look, we went into this year. All right, Jose Trevino had a had a good season last year. It was a career year, but the last two months of the year, he was back to being a backup catcher. Nagashioka is a nice player. He's a backup catcher. We didn't have a left fielder. So you you went into and pretty much like like you knew DJ was done. Rizzo, the way they handled Rizzo this year, we all knew he hurt his neck and or or a concussion with the San Diego thing when Tatis didn't slide. slide. It's a, you know on the pickoff attempt, it took them three months of him being terrible to say, oh you know what, there's something wrong with him. <laughs> but even Rizzo, you know, two years ago when we had a chance, you could have got Freddie Freeman, you could have yes. got Matt Olson, who, who I really yes. wanted. He's got 42 home runs. He'd have 62 playing Yankee Stadium. Yes. Yeah. At the, at the time, I wasn't, I wasn't upset that we re-signed Rizzo. I thought he was a solid third option. But like, this, it's becoming too much like that for the Yankees settling for third options. That's never happened before. I know the luxury tax, but they, they still make them. They still make the most money in baseball. And Hal doesn't care because Hal's got 42,000 people in the crowd every night. But Hal's going to get a rude awakening because the last three times we didn't make the playoffs, there was always something happening in terms of that was drawing people to the ballpark. In 08, we had uh, the, the last year Yankee Stadium, place mm-hmm. packed every night. And then the last two times we didn't make the playoffs, it was Mariano's last year and Jeter's last year. That's not happening this year. And if we're still seven games, six games back of a wild card, you know, in mid-September, the place is going to be a ghost town. Maybe that'll be the slap in the face to wake yeah. the hell up. Yeah, well, keep in mind that the same money they get, gave to Rendon, I mean, um, what's the, the, the pitcher? Rodon. Rodon. Well, that's, the, that's the same amount of money the Dodgers gave to Freddie Freeman. Just saying. Yeah, yeah. I know. Just saying. Well, other than Garrett Cole and Aaron Judge, defend one Yankees performance and name one pleasant surprise this season. I mean, the tough to defend. I think Volpe gets a little too much criticism. Yeah, he's only batting 211, but he's a rookie. And I was happy that, that he made the team right off the bat. I think that, I thought that was a sign of things changing around here. But they kind of, I think they ruined him a little bit. There, there's no shame in sending the guy to the minors for two or three weeks to fix yes. his swing. Yeah. Especially when, his, especially when his, old, his old minor league teammate fixed it by, you know, helped fix it with the, you know, what was it, Austin Wells, right? He ran into Austin Wells during, during yeah. the whole thing. And he, you know, he said, you know, go back to doing this. He had Austin Wells over for dinner, a nice little chicken parm dinner. Oh, the chicken parm, that's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like, chicken parm cures everything. Yeah, it really does. Jeter loved chicken parm. I wish I wish Volpe, <laughs> you know, played more like Jeter, but, like, I think Volpe could be a player. Um, I think he's a second he, he, baseman. He could, I mean, he's been, I mean, he's been okay short. He doesn't have the greatest arm in the world, but yeah, he might be second baseman down the road. It's the range for me yeah. and his instincts. He's not he just doesn't charge the ball and attack it like you need to at shortstop. He's he just seems his timing seems more fit for second base. Just me saying. It does. It, and listen, Glaber's one of the few guys that's hit well this year. Although he's the stupidest base runner I've ever seen. <laughs> and like, can we just sit him once to say like, hey, bud, like you can't. Did you see the play the other day? It was a it was a ground. He's on second with one out. There's a ground ball to third base. It hit the third base bag, but the third base was there and. He tagged him out. I was like, how do you run when the ball is at their base? I don't think he understands. I think he thinks everything's a force. I honestly think he doesn't understand. You don't have to run sometimes. But Quite possible. It, yeah. It, 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 but why should he? Because he makes a mistake. Aaron Boone says it's okay. He play, He's playing hard, which he doesn't play hard. But mm-hmm. uh, yes. Another guy who's been yeah. solid, you know, except for the, his last performance, 
I think Clark Schmidt, I think they didn't know if he was a starter or a reliever. He got off to a shaky start, but he's been very solid. I, I think you can peg him in, you know, as a number four going on the rest of his career, with, you know, if you get some help around him. But there, there's really no bright spots. I'm kind of just, you know, reaching out of thin air here. I mean, there's a lot of, I mean, you can definitely grasp at straws with this team. Like, I mean, the, the fact that you could even consider a guy like IKF. Like that, that tells you how far like the rest of the Yankees have yeah. kind of fallen. Like I can't, the, the versatility of IKF where you know, think about utility players in the past, right? Luis Soho, Clay Bellinger, right. like they, they all fit a role, but IKF is being lionized for being a utility infielder and utility outfielder. Like he's, he's filling a role, but he's like a mythical folk hero at this point to the point where Yankee fans are considering, you know, like, do we want to give him an extension at the end of the year or as a reward? Like, what? What is going on here? That's how ridiculous it's getting. And, and listen, I can't, he has done a great job. And he's played wherever they asked him to. He gets some big hits. Yeah, like you said, he's, he's a utility guy. Like, that's that's what he is. And he on a, on a good team, he could be a very valuable weapon. You know, especially if you ever make the playoffs. He's got speed. He can play everywhere. But there's other, he's played center field a lot this year. He's not a center fielder. Like, we went into the season with... with the, you, you knew Hicks was... Terrible or end or hurt. <laughs> you figured, you know, you don't want Stanton playing the outfield. And even though Judge's injury was kind of a freak injury, you expect Judge to spend at least one stint on the DL. They went in with, and Bader, Bader, Bader's, I like Bader, but he's always hurt too. They went in with no options. Got, yeah, during the course of 162 games, guys like the Jake Bowers and the Billy McKinney's, yeah, they have to step up and they have to play okay. But that's in a small window. You're relying on it. We've been relying on these guys for months. That's that's not a big league baseball team. Never mind no. with the highest payroll in the league. Franchi Cordero cracked the opening day roster. That's all you need to know. Yeah, about exactly. That. Yeah, outfield's a problem. That's it's a huge problem. If you take Aaron Judge and Garrett Cole off this team, th- th- I mean we're already last place. I'm not how much worse can get, but we're like, <laughs> yeah, we're like we're like the Royals. Like we'd, we'd be awful. Harrison Bader is playing center field for the New York Yankees. That's all I have to say. I mean, he'll be back. I don't want he'll be back. He'll be back. He's he's a solid hitter and he's a very good fielder. If you have Aaron Judge in right field and a, another big time guy in left field, yeah, you can live with Bader in center field. But he's got Billy McKinney and Franchi Cordero, and it's just it's it's absurd. The immortal so, Willie Calhoun. I forgot about him. <laughs> Willie Calhoun. The immortal Willie Calhoun. Yeah. So I my Uber driver to work today. I think. <laughs> <laughs> he was a pretty good driver. I give him credit. He gave him five stars? Yeah, 100%. 100%, 100% yeah. <laughs> so, a hypothetical situation. You're hired to replace Cashman as GM, and Hal says you can only make three moves. What are, what are your priorities? How you, how you can fix this team in three moves? I, I, I think, one, you have to – I know analytics is everywhere. I think you, you either have to get a better analytic department or kind of yeah. maybe move away from it a little bit because I just think yeah. – like, the analytics is telling you that lefties – Aren't a big deal, yeah. But you're at Yankee Stadium, you know. what I mean, you need you need big time lefties. It's, um, I mean, if, if one of the moves would ask Al to sell the team, but we know that's not going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you, you have to make a decision. Uh, are you going to be the Yankees? Or are you going to try to spend? Are you going to whether you can get them or not? Are you going to throw all the money in the world at Otani or Juan Soto? Or if you're not and you want to go a different direction, then develop develop your guys better. Play the kids. You know, if you're going to wait for a Dominguez, you know. <laughs> Right, like, and now I got like a, uh, it's 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 just very frustrating, guys. As no, you can tell, a, as you can tell in my voice, it's it's completely foreign territory for a, for 
contemporary Yankee fans, you yep. know, like you have to really consider like that the stick Michael Bob Watson model really spoiled Yankee, the mid mid to late 90 Yankee fans. To, oh, we're, you know. Yeah, we're absolutely spoiled. And that's the other thing that that's why cat it, it, it's mind boggling to me that Cashman gets a break. He didn't build those teams. He got Bob Watson coffee. Like yep. people seem, seem to forget that. Yeah. But uh, I'm surprised that you know you didn't mention uh, possibly moving Stanton. Like, I, I oh, I, I wanted to move Stanton for years, and <clears throat> I mean he's got a no, no trade. He's a guy. He he turned down the trade. He turned down the Cardinals a couple years ago when he was with Miami. Like who doesn't want to play in St. Louis? It's well, it's renowned as the best baseball town in the world. Uh, now with only a couple years left in his contract, maybe you can move him. Because that's, you know, when people at the trade deadline, when they were, you know, jokingly saying, oh, you get Otani. Well, you can't have Otani and Stanton on the same team because they don't play the outfield. Right. Like, Otani's capable of it, but you don't want him getting hurt if he's pitching, you know? Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I would, I would love to try to find somebody to take Stanton's money. When we got him a couple years ago, people were excited. I wasn't. I said, okay, yeah, he's a nice, he's a good player, but we have Aaron Judge. I wanted to wait a year and sign Bryce Hoffman. I mean, I know Bryce has been hurt last year, but yeah. he'd, be a, he'd be a much better fit than this team. St- I mean, Stanton has, has... They didn't even call him. They didn't, that, call, they didn't even call him Danny. They didn't even call Bryce Harper. It, I know. And he absurd. wanted them to call him. Yeah, of course. He, yeah, of course. Yeah. He wanted to talk. He knew it might not be possible, but he wanted the phone call. Yeah. And didn't even call the guy. Oof. It, yeah. Oof. George is... And I don't know what they're waiting for to bring this kid up. Was it Pariah or Pariah? Pariah yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what, yeah. What, are we, what are you waiting for? Right. The same hey, what the like, fuck are you waiting for? That's the only... You, you want to get people in the stadium in September? That's one way to do it, you know? Peraza, Pereira, how about Florial? Playoffs or oh. not? What are you waiting for? Yeah, here's a guy Florial. They they told us about. Well, we signed him when he was 16. You heard about him for five or six years. He would come up in spurts. He never really hit, but I don't think they ever really gave him a big chance. But now he's he's in the minors, tearing it up, and they're so worried about ruining his trade value by calling him up. You need to do a better job of evaluating your own talent and knowing when to move them. Oh, Look, you mean like how they ruined Clint Frazier's career? They ruined, what about they Miguel, Miguel and Duhar? Miguel Andujar had 50 doubles his rookie year. You know, a couple years ago, when you know the Astros got Cole and when they got Verlander, you don't want to give these guys up, and then you then you ruined them. Debbie Garcia, we heard about Debbie Garcia for years. He came up, he started a playoff game, he gave up, he struck struck out the side, gave up a solo shot, and then they took him out for Jay Happ, which was the stupidest move ever to try to to try to fool them. It, oh, they're gonna have all the lefties in the lineup. And they never told Debbie Garcia what they're doing. So this kid went thinking like, "Oh man, I gave him a home run. They took me out. Like I'm bad." It, I think it ruined the psyche. They released him. Oh, now he's on the White week. Sox. Yeah, he's bad. Yeah. Ever Everson has a 9.26 OPS. Can I interest you in that for August? Yeah, yeah. It's it's mind-boggling. Dude, call them all up. Call Wells up. Call all the pitchers up. Like everybody. Like everybody. Like right. We we did this in 2016. You know, we called up Judge. We called up these guys. Sanchez, and they showed something, and then we were we were back to being a, a contender within a year, and then we fired Joe Girardi because he was too tough on Gary Sanchez. Yeah, well, Gary Sanchez needed a kick in the ass. I think we all we all knew that. Then they bring in Boone, who's singing Kumbaya in the, in the clubhouse, and that hasn't worked well. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's getting very close to being football season for both New York teams, so you know. Thank you, good Lord, for that. That's the one thing that we can all look forward to. Yep. But uh, we're roughly four weeks away from the start of the NFL season. So let's talk some Big Blue. The Giants go into the season with pl- with a playoff ex- appearance under their belt from last year. <laughs> and with that comes increased expectations. 
They draw the Cowboys in week one, seemingly as per usual. Walk us through the Giants' week one matchup against the Cowboys and give us those keys to victory. Well, the Cat, I mean, we, we need to show up week one. I, you hate to, to put too much bearing on one game, but our schedule is very tough, especially the first, the first half, the first nine games. You want to show you're improved and you're a legit playoff contender, which I think we are. You have to go out and beat the Cowboys. The Cowboys are one of those fluky teams. There's going to be three to four games a year where they look like the best team in the league and Dak's looking great, putting up points. There's going to be three to four where Dak looks like he shouldn't be in the league. And then they're going to be average the rest of the time. You just you just hope you, it, week one is one of those weeks for Dak where he's throwing to the guys you know, on defense, which he does a lot. Um, I think this year, I think... I'm very excited about the offense. Daniel Jones finally has a little continuity in the same system two years in a row. I think he really was taking giant steps last year towards the end of the year. The Colt game, the Viking game, we got our ass kicked by Philly, I understand. But he's got some more weapons. Uh, the key's going to be, as it always is, the offensive line. A guy like Mika Parkins can wreck the game. And if he gets to Daniel Jones early, you know, it could look like Daniel Jones from a couple of years ago. So we need... We need to protect them. I think we can with Andrew Thomas is an all pro level. I think Evan Neal take a take a meaningful step in the second in the second year. Yeah, John Michael Schmitz, the the rookie, everybody's raving about him. If he can if he can step in as a rookie and play well, I think we have a very good offensive line. And on the end of the ball, you gotta get to Dak. You gotta pressure him. And I think with our pass rush, we're certainly capable of doing that. Yeah, I think it's definitely within the wrong possibility. And then X McKinney and Dory Jackson just have to be waiting on those picks because they're coming. Yep, that's, yeah, just, that, that's the beauty part about Dak Prescott. You know, that yep. train's never late. No, no. But, um, you know, so who, in your mind, who will be the most viable giant this season, not named Daniel Jones or Saquon Barkley? So who is that breakout star for you? Well, obviously, the wall to pick up is huge because when he is healthy, I mean, he's he's uncoverable. You know, you, he's a freak. And that's what everybody, all the giants are saying uh, so far in camp. So he's a very important part. I think... You know, akin to that, I think the breakout star might be Daniel Bellinger, who I was, who I loved last year, and I thought he was on his way to having an excellent rookie year until he got poked in the eye. I think with Waller, even though Waller's probably going to line up, you know, in the slaughter outside sometimes, I think in two tight end sets, I think Daniel Bellinger could be huge. Uh, Bobby O'Carry, the, the guy we picked up from the Colts, he's the best linebacker we have. I think our defense was good last year. Our linebackers were borderline disgraceful. I mean, just had nobody. So, Jared <laughs> Davis and, um, you know, Jalen Smith, I mean, yeah, these guys at one point might have been good, but not good anymore. The Colts, when we, we killed the Colts last year, and he was the only guy in the field making plays for them. And I remember thinking, like, oh, man, he, he gets overshadowed a little bit with uh, uh, Darius Leonard, right? Is that the guy? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I think he gets overshadowed by Leonard a little bit. And you mentioned before, McKinney. I think McKinney's second year in Wink system, I think Wink knows how to use him now, and I expect big things from Xavier McKinney. Big, big plays. Uh, I think a, a Pro Bowl year from McKinney. Nice. Yeah. No, that's definitely. I mean, playing off of Dory Jackson, people might you know kind of go away from that, and he'll definitely get a chance to shine. Like I'm really looking at a guy like Jalen Hyatt. Like I think he's got yeah. some speed. He's got some burn, and that kid can definitely stand out in a wide receiver. You know, a wide receiver needy organization like the Giants. Like, they have Slayton, they got another year of Shep, but Hyatt can, I think, really can... Uh, if he can stay on the field and make some plays, I think he'll be a, a welcome addition. Absolutely. And they, the knock on him was, oh, he's not the best route runner. I mean, he'll he'll improve that as, as the career goes along. 
But if you can outrun everybody, then you don't have to worry about running routes. And like you said, he's a blazer. It he, he makes it look easy. So he's like deceptive where he looks like he's just going nice and easy and all of a sudden he's blowing past guys, which I think is can be very important. No, very true. You know who is an okay route runner? Randy Moss. Yeah. Like, yeah, I say I was he's pretty good at that. Yeah. But uh you is know, that we'll why Jalen you... is that why he's wearing eighty four Hyatt? Is that oh. gonna be Moss That could be the case. You know, we'll straight. call it Hyatt U. So then put put some straight cash on me on uh Jalen Hyatt winning rookie of the year then. As long as he doesn't moon anybody, I am good with that. <laughs> We'll get you out of here on this one, brother. We know that football games are won in the trenches. So who will be the most important offensive and defensive lineman this season besides Andrew Thomas and Leonard Williams? I think on the offensive side of the ball, you don't want to put too much pressure on a rookie, but it's it Schmitz at center. If he can come in and anchor that offensive line, it'll be a huge help. If you have two good, good tackles and a good center, you can get away with having below average guards, which I I mean, hopefully we, it's not that, that that's not the case, but I think it might be. So definitely Schmitz on the offensive side of the ball. Defensive side, you want Ojolari to, to stay healthy because he's a force. But I really think it's Thibodeau. I mean, Thibodeau is, he's on the way to becoming a superstar, I believe. He had, a, especially late in the year, he was, he was really sh- showing the type of presence he can be. That re- the guard, uh, excuse me, the commander's game, the Washington game, he wrecked the game. He was all over the place, scored a touchdown. Um, uh, and I think Wink loves him. He's got the knock on him in college was he had that college jog. He doesn't hustle. I, I don't see that at all. He's got a motor on him. He's all over the field. He plays the run. He does whatever Wink wants. So I think Thibodeau will be the breakout star there and, and most important guy on defense. And they're going to need him, you know, because Leonard Williams is going to get doubled. He's going to get, he's going to be the focus, but Kayvon Thibodeau definitely has what it takes to be a stud. And you know who's a stud? Danny Butler, the member of the in the in crowd, lad, wonderful job as per usual. You got anything going on, Tubby brother? Like, what's what's up? Uh, we have uh, trivia every Tuesday, karaoke every Thursday, uh, brunch Saturday and Sunday. Uh, a couple months ago, I was looking forward to a very busy October with you know both baseball teams playing deep into uh, deep into the fall, but obviously that's that's out. Uh, but, so, yeah, but we'll, we'll we'll just switch our attention to football Sundays now, and hopefully uh, our two football teams can uh, pick up the slack. Hopefully, from your lips to God's ears. So, Danny Butler, a member of the in crowd, tried and true. And if you want to get into the action, if you want to become a member of the in crowd, hit us up faderoutemail at gmail.com or slide in those DMs on IG at faderoutepodcast or on X at faderoutednz. Danny Butler, pleasure as always, and we will definitely have you on again soon, brother. Pleasure's mine, guys. Thank you so much. All the best. Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Rate us five stars. Leave us a review. Turn on subscription notifications and tell your friends. Spread the word. Spread it wide.